We are now ready for the fifth episode of the Huskies Howl. I told you guys we're going to start pumping these ones out. And on this one, it's it's a bit interesting as well, just like the fourth episode where we have something other than an athlete or a personnel member of the team. And this time, it's Drake Orser. Drake is under 30. He's an entrepreneur, attended the University of Iowa, and he has this company called Fan Food that he works for. And fan food is going to be your guys' way to order concession food this year and to have it as efficient, quick, comfortable, and as safe as possible. And I know he'll probably be listening to this, so I'm not going to say anything too bad here in the intro about getting things wrong about the service. So I'm going to let him tell you guys all about fan food and how you guys can order your food straight from your seat at the Wade this season without missing a beat. I've been to a couple of games now where I've had to you know, run up to the bathroom, which is a different story, but run up to the concession, get something to eat, and I missed a home run. I missed a strikeout. You know, I No one likes to miss any part of a baseball game, and sometimes you can be up there for darn near 30 minutes and miss a whole inning or two just because you're getting your food. And with fan food, like I said, it makes it as efficient as possible. So from me, Zach Linfield, we're here for the fifth episode of The Howl. And here's Drake Orser. Drake Orser is our guest here on the Husky Howl today. Um, Mr. Orser, how are you? I am doing well, Zach. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm excited too. This is an interesting one as well. We've got two straight interesting episodes. We had the team chaplain on the last one. And now we have you. And you are the, the uh, customer success director. At you, Fans. You. We, we had a long conversation before we started the uh the podcast and you threw a lot of information at me but I did but uh one thing we did find out is that you are a sports management guy just like me um in the Big Ten too so that's pretty darn cool you were at Iowa I was at Michigan how would you sum up your time uh as a Hawkeye Uh, I loved it I I think obviously biased towards my alma mater but um for those who exactly uh (laughs) for those who have either visited Iowa City or were fortunate enough to go to the University of Iowa uh, Iowa City is a very special place, really special place, um, especially on a, a Saturday game day. Uh, and now with the growth of the basketball team as well, we're uh, we're, we're very fortunate, very lucky for our, our teens. And, um, you know, there's the major education piece as well. Plenty of professors that I still keep in touch with. Uh, sports management program is fantastic uh, over at the university. So, um, you know, incredibly grateful for my time at Iowa. And you said you graduated there in 2015, but uh, you even said the sports management major wasn't necessarily a big thing then. And look, look, six years later, and it's a massive thing around the country. Almost every school's got a sports management major. So, I mean, you're one of the pioneers, I guess we could say. But (laughs) you you went straight from Iowa, and you said you're in Chicago now. You had stints with the Bulls and the Bears um, selling PSLs and and ticket sales. What what exactly did you do uh, during your time in Chicago? Yeah. So the, the cool part there too is I am uh, so I'm a Midwest guy tried and true I, I grew up in um, northwest suburbs of, of Illinois so Chicago land area so this is home for me going to Iowa wasn't too far but also just far away from my parents a long enough drive but easy enough to get home on the weekend <laughs> kind of thing um, yeah. so that that part was really cool to to go to Iowa have a fantastic experience and then um, be fortunate enough to to come back to basically home and work for 
uh, and maybe this is my biasness again, but what I would consider two of uh, really the ro most recognizable brands, not just in sports and entertainment, but especially you think of the Chicago Bulls. I mean, goodness. Sure. And then the Chicago Bears and the rich history within the NFL, which is, um, gosh, a powerhouse in our our society. So, um, yeah, really cool experiences there. Like you mentioned, focused in ticket sales and service. So a combination of both the selling and the service side, which I think um, sort of coupled well, especially with what I do at FanFood now and specialize in. Um, with the Chicago Bulls, for what it's worth, we're selling more of a suite of products. So season tickets, group tickets, and rental suites. Uh, with the Bulls, or excuse me, with the Bears, that uh, was more focused on our premium products strictly. Uh, and then you also mentioned the seat licensing, which was a new experience for me, but um, really cool to learn about. And that now you're, you know, thriving as a customer success director at FanFood, and we're definitely going to have to get into, you know, the brand here as we talk about, you know, this upcoming season and how fans at the Wade can expect, you know, get their concession food. Yeah. And I think first we need to talk about, you know, where the business came from. How did it start? How did you get involved? And where do you see you guys going here in the next couple of years? Yeah, I love that. So um, making a long story as short as I can, and I, I tend to ramble. So you you cut me if I'm going too far. <laughs> you but... go ahead. That's what this is for. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The uh, So the inception of, of fan food uh, started at the University of Iowa. Uh, two of our three co-founders, uh, Carson Goodale and Will Anderson, were also uh, University of Iowa students. Um, our third co-founder, who I work directly with, Dustin Hemisath, um, he is, he actually graduated from Iowa State University, but uh, he is a huge Iowa fan. And I know that might sound contradicting to go to the opposing uh, state school, but love Iowa, but that's sometimes how it works. Yeah, one of my best friends did that too. Grew up a Michigan fan and now he's a Spartan. There we go. Exactly. So uh, between the three of those guys, um, th there is this really cool bond in, in the state of Iowa and at the University of mm -hmm. Iowa itself. Uh, that is going way back how I originally got connected with both Carson and Will and even Dustin. Um, so in addition to my sport management focus, as strange as it sounds, I studied entrepreneurship as well. Um, so, you know, having an opportunity to take part in different entrepreneurial clubs and classes uh, that's how I got interconnected with, with these guys. Um, mm -hmm. So fan food, again, their, their basis was, was out of the University of Iowa. A lot of great resources on the entrepreneurial, entre excuse me, entrepreneurship side there as well. Uh, meanwhile, as we fast forward again, I, I end up um, you know, working with the Chicago Bulls and then the Chicago Bears. And as I'm getting ready for kind of the next step in, in my personal and, and professional career and where that's going to take me, um, I got a text from Carson, and I, I remember this vividly. Uh, FanFood had just closed their first round of funding, which is a huge uh, moment and, and monumental thing for, for startups. Um, anyone who's worked in an environment like that knows how exciting that is. Uh, and part of the funding that FanFood had received was going to go towards starting to build out the team and the foundation of what would become the team. Um, so I got a text from Carson saying, hey, I know we've had these conversations in the past, whether it's been at University of Iowa or just keeping in touch. And um, here's where we're at. And this is what we're looking to do. And it's time to start building out our team. So um, had a chance. I, I was the second uh, full-time employee hired, actually, 
when I, when I joined the team and it brought our total our team to five people. So, wow. um, yeah, so you, you really get a chance to learn or, or see experience all of the, the cliche things that people say about working in a startup environment. Um, but there's a whole heck of a lot that you're not prepared for as well. Um, high highs, low lows, but along the way, I think that's, that's just what the journey is and that's where it's led us. Um, I know we'll probably get into the pandemic as well, but, um, gosh, you, you talk about certainly a trying year for, for all of us. And, um, even as a startup in a, in a smaller group navigating that, um, you know, that situation, uh, certainly prevents its, its trials and tribulations. And people here, you know, you said you're the bulls and the bears, that may be like a, a dream job, you know, to some people. So what, what made you leave those positions, you know, enter a startup, which, you know, can have its risks. And like you said, it's ups and downs, obviously it ended up being successful, but you as a person, rather than just the company itself, yeah. what made you leave Chicago in these jobs with the, you know, the NBA and the NFL to pursue this? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I love that question. You, you know, I, I think one is, um, Anytime you're, and this is at least how my brain works, anytime you're, you're kind of identifying uh, a new opportunity, um, I, I want to I look at the team and the culture and, and what you're basically agreeing to join and, and in this case, be a part of building. Uh, and that was something that I was really attracted to. You know, my uh, appreciation and respect for what Carson, Will, and Dustin had already done and what they were continuing to build and the vision that they had. Um, as a sports fan at my core, but then also someone who studied sports and works in sports and is making a career out of that. Um, there was a really cool part of fan food. And I think we all have that moment. And this is something we always talk about as a team is we've all had that moment where, uh, you're standing in line and you're waiting to get your food or your, your drink and your back is turned to the court or the field. And you hear the roar of the crowd and you turn mm -hmm. around and in that moment, you snap of a finger, uh, you've missed that, that play. It's over. We, we all as sports fans have yep. that. And I think to have <laughs> that kind of tangible feeling there, um, I could really identify with, with what they were solving for uh, and, and what they wanted to do and, and help improve the pin experience and our venue partners like the Huskies and, and Mike and Greg and, um, I, you know, I wanted to be a part of that. It was, it was, it, it was very compelling. Um, totally different than that. I, you know, I, I'm, I, I haven't hit 30 yet. So I would consider myself still a, a younger professional um, mm -hmm. who's has an ability to be a little risk adverse right now. I, I don't have kids. Um, I, I'm not married yet. Uh, you know, I, I'm not taking out a mortgage. So, uh, you know, a lot of those things that I think become, uh, which are always important, but become a little bit more important when you start to, to get a bit older, um, you know, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. So if not now, when kind exactly. of mentality. And so now you mentioned there was only five employees pretty much at the time of your hire. How big is the company now? Yeah. So that's probably one of the coolest parts uh, about being um, a part of the team is seeing that growth, uh, being employee number two and, and having that be a team of five and, uh, pre pandemic, um, which is bittersweet because things have changed, but pre pandemic, we got up to about 35 employees, um, give or take. 
coming out of the pandemic, um, we're back down to about the 12 to 15 mark. So I'm um, still a good sized team. Um, but you know, that, that, that was a, that was a tough part, uh, certainly through, through COVID. Um, and I know we're all facing that and, and it doesn't matter what industry or business you're in. And, and, uh, we've experienced that one way or another, all of us. And I, I suppose this may be like an, an outreach question for you at fan food. Now you're here in Duluth. I'm, I'm sure you're working straight with Greg Culver and Mr. Rosenschweig on, you know, in, implementing the fan food brand in Duluth. But how much, how big is the outreach at fan food? Are there, you know, other organizations that you guys are working with? Um, will there be other stadiums this year that are using fan food as well? Yeah. I, I so um, one good question. Uh, two, I, I think that's what we're tremendously excited about going into 2021. Um, after all that 2020 presented us, especially within this industry, sports and entertainment, with a lot of our ballparks and venue partners and arenas, much like, um, you know, Mike and Greg and the Huskies, we, we couldn't play. Now, these teams are, are such an important part of the community. Uh, we are so excited to be able to be a part of the process in opening doors again. Um, now, going to your direct question, we are partnered with uh, just over 200 stadiums, venues, wow, arenas, okay. ballparks around the country. Um, we actually have a few partners internationally as well. Um, awesome. Yeah, so really exciting, um, even just the, the growth itself. Uh, for me personally, what, what I, I love too, again, is that I get to work with um, our sport and entertainment guys. So I get to work with our ballparks uh, in stages like the Huskies, all the way to representing some of our collegiate partners like the University of Tennessee and the University of North Carolina. Um, wow, that's awesome. Wow. Right on. So it, it's really fun and it, it's a new dynamic. And you know, each ballpark is different. And I think that's what I love in speaking with our venue operators. So speaking with the Mikes and the Gregs uh, across all of our partners, you know, at, at, a, at a core, we might be solving for a similar thing, but, you know, we're all different in how we're going to go about it. Uh, our communities are all different, too. So I love being able to uncover some of that and figure out how we can position fan food, um, you know, to help you guys, to help our partners accomplish what we're looking to do. And how high do you see you guys going? Because now, I mean, you just told me you have Tennessee and North Carolina, high caliber power five teams. And, you know, schools, I, I don't know necessarily if it's football, basketball, baseball, yeah. all of the above. But how high do you see your guys going? Uh, the, do you think professional will be in the realm here soon or someday? Yeah, so we will. Um, we will be active with our first uh, professional team in Major League Baseball starting April 1st. Is that a, is that a secret so far or no? That uh, not quite not a secret. Um, I, I think. Um, I think the tricky part when we start to get to uh, the major leagues at any level is uh, the PR element and um, uh, some of the legality might be too strong of a phrase, but do you follow me with, with some of that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll see. I'll be at Comerica Park a couple times. In May. <laughs> Here we go. If it is the Tigers, um, I'm <laughs> sure I'll be figuring it out in May because I, I got a couple of tickets to games before I go out to Duluth. Right. But, um, now more just about the, you know, the logistical side of being at the stadium. You know, let's actually touch on the pandemic real quick before yeah. we, we talk about Duluth and the weight and, you know, the much more important things to fans strictly. Um, about the pandemic, 
I'm sure you guys, you know, either you struggled, you said you guys had to let people go. How did you guys get through that, ensuring that, you know, there was going to be fans in stands and that, you know, concessions would open back up, hopefully in 2021. And this, you know, this is your mindset in 2020, that it would open back up in 2021. Yeah, it's, I mean, you hit the nail on the head and it's, it's this level of, of optimism um, and working with our partners, gosh, had this same conversation with Mike, um, you know, late last year, how can we uh, help, help the ballpark open up? Not in the sense of obviously we're hosting games and we have butts and seats, but you know, how can we create some of these alternative events? Uh, we had some partners that opened up their concessions if they were able to turn the water on um, and did sort of an express pickup takeout where fans could literally order their ballpark hot dog or popcorn and sodas. Um, the concession stand would get it ready and the fans could pull up to the ballpark, pick up their food, maybe stay in the parking lot and eat it, which uh-huh. is, is just so incredibly creative and, and unique. We had, um, gosh, a lot of fireworks happen like a drive-in pretty much exactly a lot of drive-ins we had some dinner on the diamonds we had a couple of ballparks or some of our partners set up if you've ever seen um the driving range situation or putt putt golf so i mean Mm -hmm. credit to this industry for um adapting and staying so agile um you know for us how we looked at that too is, is how can we, cause there's a level of like, we, we have to keep our doors open as well. And when you're based off of packed stadiums, we, we have to get creative. So the alternative events are fantastic. And, and, and it was really fun to be a part of that process for our partners this year. The other part is we actually pivoted uh, into just about 10 new markets. Uh, so we talk about sports complexes. You mentioned drive-ins. Drive-ins was a huge market for us through 2020 golf courses, um, thinking about different avenues or venues uh, like that, we we found some success there. And now with this pandemic, I mean, I hate to say it, and I mean, I hope this comes off in the best way possible, but did the pandemic help you guys in, in a certain way? Because now, you know, you see people that aren't going to want to stand in lines for concessions and wait a lot, you know, around a lot of people. I went to Lucas Oil Stadium this last week. It'll be two weeks by the time this airs to watch Michigan play in the Big Ten tournament. And I mean, yep. there was about a hundred people gathered around the concession, and we were, all had our masks on. And we were, you know, trying to distance ourselves the best way possible. But it in half of a stadium where the game was being played, it just couldn't happen. And yep. so, do you think that maybe the pandemic helped you guys a little bit in gaining some more business? Uh, it did, and and I. I... I appreciate where you're coming from too, because it is, it's, it's hard to admit that or recognize that. Exactly. Um, But if we, if we look at it this way, if you think about sports and entertainment, uh, we are generally a slow moving industry. Uh, It it takes uh, us collectively a little bit longer to adopt uh, new operations and new technology than it does uh, in other areas of our life. Now, what, what I think the pandemic created, though, is, is kind of a shift in mindset, a, a receptiveness where we saw our, our ballparks and our venue operators start to think critically about their operations and challenge this mindset of, well, that's just always how we've done things. Because, frankly, we, we can't 
go back to that, at least for the foreseeable future. Now, the other side is, is for fans. Like your experience is, is um, you know, you had a, a taste of, of what sort of it looks like to go back to a game now. And a major part of that in congregation and limiting that is concessions, waiting in lines, whether we're spacing those out or not. Now, what I think is, is good for you and I as fans is also that same receptiveness or awareness of, of purchasing or making purchases from our phone because we're doing it in every other area of our lives, whether that's uh, ordering a ride, a car through Uber, maybe it's coffee through Starbucks, gosh, ordering our groceries online mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So we're seeing this uptick as fans or consumers in other areas of our lives when we combine that with a ballpark or a venue operator that's uh, noticing that, addressing that, and then seeing how can we start to change our operations to fit that, but better yet, not just fit it, but create a, a better experience for our fans when we come back, because we want to come back, we do. But we also want to make sure that we're feeling safe and comfortable in doing so. Exactly. So solving for some of those things, right on. That's exactly what we're looking to do. And so were, were you guys going to be in Duluth this past year in 2020 as well, or did that pandemic spark an opportunity here in Duluth for 2021? So we had actually, our original um, term or agreement was supposed to, to have us kick off through 2020, which was, um, which was tough. But we worked very closely with Mike and Greg to um, kind of level set, build a foundation, plan for what will be this year, which I, I think makes us even more excited about getting things started for this season. And now that, you know, that brings us right into the services that you guys are going to be providing at Wade Stadium, probably what people have been waiting to hear about. But, you know, <laughs> I have to connect with you personally and I, I have to learn all about the business so I can I love it. talk about it more midseason. So I, I did watch that YouTube video that you sent me and I will put that YouTube video in the description for this episode so everyone can watch it. It's only about a minute, 20 seconds, but it's really cool. Like the app looks awesome because, you know, apps have to be pretty appealing nowadays and easy to use. Yeah. I mean, it's easy. You're in your seat. You can potentially get delivery for yourself. I mean, you order it straight from your phone for express pickup as well. So what, what do you expect fans to think about? You know, maybe not fans that expect to think about the app, but how easy do you think it is for at least fans at the Wade to order their concessions? Yeah. I mean, it's just that we pride ourselves on being the quickest and easiest uh, order from your phone, especially in venue. And and the great part here is we're seeing this, uh, this also this adoption of QR codes. So uh, like I'll get out in front of it. There's a lot of us who don't want to download another app and, and we sure. get that. Our team gets it. Um, you know, we might not have space on our phone or, or uh, we just, again, don't want to download the app. So what we've actually done is we've created a web app or the web version of our experience, which allows fans to scan QR codes or simply search the fan food and take app. straight to Safari pretty much. Exactly. So like a lot of times for any of us who've been out to dinner as of recently or gone anywhere, uh, there's no more menus. Now it's QR codes that we take a picture of or pull our phone out, scan it, and it brings us directly into what we would consider is our menu or the, the Huskies profile. So straight from there, you're starting to browse the menu. There's an exploratory piece to this too. I mean, how many times have we been waiting in line where we can't even see the menu board until we're finally up to the counter? And now we're thinking, what do I want? What do I have enough money for? Gosh, now all of that is in the palm of your hand. You can browse all of that 
right from your seat. Um, and then you, you mentioned it perfectly as well. We have typically two options is, is what our venue partners decide to roll this out as. And that's either a traditional express pickup where you're simply notified when your order is ready for pickup. You'll go to the concession stand. We train or teach or work with our partners to set up an express line that will have your food waiting for you. You grab it, you're straight back to your seat. The other option is the in-seat delivery, which I think is, is really um, you know, a fantastic value add, especially for fans. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be a us. favorite. Yeah, exactly. I know Mike and Greg have big plans for it as well. Um, so that'll be something that, that fans, you guys will see active at Huskies games this year. Um, and and that, that's a fun one too, because now we are, uh, we're in our seat the whole time. We are, we are doing what we came to the game to do, whether that's to watch the game or to spend time with our family and our friends, or we're a business owner and we're taking our employees out or clients. Now we can stay in that moment. We're not getting up waiting in line and missing out on 10, 15, 30, gosh, sometimes upwards of 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Which can be almost a whole inning. <laughs> exactly. Well, you, you know, like you said earlier, you miss one pitch and all of a sudden the score is 2 nothing. Like it, yep. it can that fast. And I've been guilty of it plenty of times, especially at Tiger games, where I think Miguel Cabrera hit like a three-run shot in like the bottom of the eighth and I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, like it's yep. easy to miss something like that. And now I, I took a lot of marketing classes in high school and I understand that you guys, you also have to make your money. And it won't yeah. be a secret, you know, when people are ordering, uh, you know, at the weight. And let's just say, you know, a soft pretzel costs $4. How do you guys make your money off of that? So the concession, you know, they, they pay $4, whatever. And then you guys have to make your money somehow. And if you can just quickly explain how you guys make your money, because, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a markup, I feel like. You know, and so that's a, that's a really good question. That is something um... – you know, we'll look at effectively differently with each team. Now, there is a feeling that as we head back to the ballpark and are looking at orders through our phones that we might see a markup in pricing. Now, in terms of the items itself, uh, we will provide kind of consultation to our partners, but it's up to our ballparks and our venues to decide how they want to price their products. Okay. So that that's not going to be under our jurisdiction. Now, what we will see, though, is a very minimal potential convenience or service fee. So a charge for using the service. So that's okay. something that a lot of our ballparks and venues will typically implement. So if you're going to offer delivery, they may, there might be a, a minimum either fixed dollar amount or percentage amount on top of the order for using that service. And that's and now, something we handle case by case with our partners and determine what uh -huh. does that sweet spot look like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, Drake, it's no, it's no secret. You got, you guys have to make your money. You know, you guys are providing a service, and you guys even created this company, and you, you got to make a profit somehow. So, yep. it, it really shouldn't be a secret to fans that there's going to be a, even the smallest markup um, for these prices. So we'll, we'll see. Like you're saying that it'll be kind of an in-season thing that they determine how many people we have at the weight and yep. all of that fun stuff. So, yeah. I, I feel like one of the good questions to ask here is how are the QR codes going to be accessible? I, I don't know if you've been to Wade stadium, but I, in that YouTube video, there was a, like a little stand kind of like mm -hmm. a, with the sticker on it with the QR yeah. code. And then there's a, there was a QR code like on the seat at the ballpark. 
And like, I was like, wow, that's actually a really good idea. That way, you know, you don't have to go up to the concession to go scan this QR code yep. and you go back down and then order your food. So how do you think it'll be accessible in that way? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned two really good options there. Um, this is another thing kind of like with, with pricing and, and a great segue uh, is marketing. So marketing will provide a lot of consultation for our partners as well on what we view as best practices or what we've learned from some of our other partners and experiences on what's been successful. Uh, we love seat stickers. I think seat stickers is fantastic. I mean, talk about a captive fan or a captive customer. You and I are sitting in our seats. It's right in front of us. We can see that. We can scan it. Um, we've had some other partners get creative and have uh, potential handouts or flyers as we're coming in through our gates that can be mm -hmm. delivered that way. Um, you know, we'll see how that is received post COVID or as we continue forward. I know a lot of our, our teams and our partners are moving away from any form of a handout. Gosh, some moving towards completely digital ticketing as well. Um, yeah. But pre COVID, that was a big one. You know, as you come in and have your ticket stubbed or get your ticket scanned, uh, here's a quick flyer on how to access the QR code. We've had, uh, and I love this one because of how creative it is, um, men's bathroom. We've had QR codes printed and put over the urinals. Uh, another great way <laughs> to capture that, that customer, that audience, as, as you're using the restroom. You know, grab another beer, scan this code. So that there's a lot of ways in venue to start to appropriately market and place those QR codes. Uh, we also see QR codes very valuable digitally as well. So whether that's posting through social media and the, the certain communication channels that the team has, uh, a lot of email campaign as well. And I'll, I'll preface that email campaign um, coming from the team itself. So what we think or what we've been encouraging a lot of our partners to do is uh, sort of put together a, a PR release, a coming to the game. There's a lot of new stuff that's going to be happening uh, e even at Wade this year. I mean, all of our partners have taken on a lot of new initiatives. Fan Food's just one of them. So if we're putting together that PR release or that coming to the game message, what to expect, that could be a great chance to toss in a QR code and say, hey, also with concessions, why don't you check out this code? And by the way, if you use this code or scan this QR code, we can actually give you a promo code as well. So you can save a couple of dollars on your order. And that was actually a question I was just going to bring up is, you know, if they buy these ticket packages, I believe you can buy like a package right now um, for the Huskies for about four or five games. Um, and, you know, you spend a certain amount of money at the concession stand through fan food and you know is there like a, a free hot dog or free drink is that like a the promo code you're kind of talking about yeah so you know that's one thing that that uh, that our team will work closely with mike and greg to identify but we do have uh in a sense promo codes that can either be entered manually so very traditional you know if you or i are checking out online and we've got the promo code text line and you enter your code and you save x amount of dollars off we also have an automatic code and without going into too much detail, automatic <laughs> codes are automatically applied at checkout. Okay. So th there's different ways for teams to leverage those discount codes, but we encourage it because it's such a good way to incentivize that first initial, try this out, you know, try it out, scan the code, save $2 on your order. And I believe the, the easiest way that you guys could have done it that you probably wouldn't be able to now, which is kind of a bummer is you know having those physical tickets and having the QR yeah. code on those tickets because when, when I would go to games you know, I've been to lots and lots and lots of games because that's what I love to do 
And yeah. I have ticket stub collection, but none of them have something as creative as a, a fan food QR code, you know, that you can yep. order straight from your seat. Um, some of the like printout tickets nowadays have them, but you know, you, you need one yeah. when you're walking into the stadium and you walk to your section and that's the ticket stub. And that's kind of too bad that you guys won't have that available. Yeah, it is. And so we've been trying to, to see if we can uh, kind of piggyback off of, you know, as, as we're moving online to buy a lot of tickets as well. Well, maybe in that email confirmation that you receive, there's a way to incorporate the QR code or the code that thanks you for your ticket purchase and then lets you know, hey, you have access to this when you're coming out to the game. Sure. And I mean, we're going to see a lot of you guys and fan food here in May 31st as the first game against Waterloo. So if you can somehow get out to the Wade and yeah, I'll, I'll order some fan food, hopefully you guys. <laughs> there we go. There, there's one more question for you right there is, uh, will it be accessible to the booth, <laughs> the broadcast booth? Hey, you got to take that up with Mike and Greg, but I can tell you from our standpoint, we love uh, we love making this offering available to as many people as we can. Absolutely. And I'm really excited to see how that works out because I've only had one time ever in my life that someone's ever brought food to me at a game and it yeah. just be because we got free tickets. <laughs> so, yeah, it, exactly. So that, that'll be a fun time, especially, you know, building your brand. It sounds like you guys are going in the perfect direction right now. Um, for a startup business, that's a really big to have Power 5 teams, collegiate summer league teams, an MLB team this year. That's awesome. Um but I got to end with one last question. It has nothing to do at all with fans. All right. We're, we're in March. This episode isn't going to be out in probably till two weeks, but you're an Iowa guy. Yeah. How far do you see your Hawkeyes going and who wins the tournament? So the first one, I, uh, I don't know if our team will hear this podcast or Iowa guys, but they're probably <laughs> not going to be happy with what I have to say. Cause, um, as a calloused Iowa fan, I'm not feeling super great about it, especially like you and I talked before, just, uh, you know, the side we're coming out of it. It's a long road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it hurts me to, to say this, but if I'm pulling for the Big Ten, I don't know that there's a better team in the league right now than Illinois. I mean, talk about getting Absolutely. hot at the right time. Um, gosh, I, I – so I, I played basketball. I would consider myself a bigger guy compared to, to the norm. I'm, I'm about six foot eight. And I wow. see. I thought Kofi. I was tall. I'm six foot five. <laughs> there we go. And then, so same. It's like, then you see Kofi Cobra on TV and it's, I can't even wrap my head around a human being being. I mean, what? He's only like so big. And, but he is massive. How do oh you play? Oh my gosh. It's just insane. So I, I think I think U of I said I'm leaning towards him. I know everybody's going towards Gonzaga. I don't know if my I feel like Gonzaga's always in a similar place like this. It, it'd be incredible to see you know first Indiana team since IU way back. But um, I don't know. I'm also my dad played basketball at Loyola, so I've got a little Rambler blood in me. So okay. I'm looking forward to that potential Illinois. Uh, Loyola matchup in the second and round. Maybe the round of 30 duel. I, I don't know. Loyola's got to get through uh, the dentist at Georgia Tech first. Yeah, but know, uh, if exactly. Loyola can knock off Illinois, they're doing the rest of the country a favor, but not any yep. brackets. But, um, no, no brackets. Drake, I want to thank you a ton for coming on. That was a lot of really good information. Um, good luck, you know, with the rest of your brand, and thank you a ton for joining me today. Hey, 
thanks for having me. It's exciting. I can tell you this is the first that I've been on, so I, I got to give you um, credit. I got to give the Huskies credit. Uh, really creative. I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. Um, you know, to the fans, we're super pumped. I, I mean, I don't even know what to say. We are so excited about this year. Um, just seeing this 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 take flight and and uh, take shape and and allowing you to do what you're at the game to do again, to be with your family and your friends and um, stay in that moment, whether it's the big play or the moment of of the laughter of just being with the ones that we love at the games, because uh, we need this. We got to get back to our ballparks. We're excited. Yeah. Safe and comfortable environment too. Exactly. So again, thank you. Good luck with your brand. And as always stay safe, my man. I first want to come out here and say thank you to Drake for coming on. Um, we understood he's 6'8". I'm 6'5", so I thought I was going to be one of the tallest people <laughs> in Duluth in the summer, but no, hopefully we get to see Drake around the weight a couple of times this summer. I know he's going to be a busy man. We talked about his outreach with Fan Food, having about 200 teams and organizations that Fan Food will be working with, so congratulations to him on having that really successful startup, on being a, an, a successful entrepreneur Something that's really important nowadays is to support small businesses that are growing exponentially, especially one that had a little bit of a tough time during the pandemic, but truly ended up getting some more business during the pandemic as well. So it was a slight positive for them, although nothing was positive about the pandemic. So thank you so much to Drake Orser for coming on. And you guys heard it from him best that it's going to be so easy to not miss a heartbeat of the game this season. It really stinks when you go up to the concession and you miss even a pitch of a game. You might try to go in the middle of an inning and all of a sudden the line piles up in front of you. You can see that concession, you're walking to it, and all of a sudden three, four, five, then ten people are just all of a sudden in front of you. And now I know there will be less capacity this season at the Wade, but it'll be very efficient this year to order your food off your phone, whether that's the website or the app. So it's very integrative and exciting, especially for the members at FanFood. And that's pretty much it for Episode 5. Mike Rosenschweig will be on for Episode 6. And then that'll be it for team personnel. And then we'll get into meeting the players, the people who will be representing the Duluth Huskies this year. You know, with the the Duluth across their chest, wearing the Huskies hat, and wearing the, the Old English D, maybe not the Old English D I'm thinking of in Detroit, but the Duluth D. And so I'm excited to start to meet those guys and what they think their roles with the team are going to be this season, where they're from college-wise. And I'm sure you guys will enjoy meeting them as well. So signing off, my name is Zach Linfield, and for the fifth episode, Roll Skis.